He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Here's a guy who actually likes taxes. From the time he was a college student doing part-time work for H&R Block, he enjoyed the work and he rose through the ranks and he saw the potential to disrupt the industry through technology. He created one of the very first tax software programs on Apple way back when Apple was just getting started. With that technology, he launched Jackson Hewitt, which he grew on and became one of the very biggest tax preparers in the world, and he went on to sell it for $483 million. He left there, moved it across the border, and he launched Liberty Tax Service, and he brought it back into the state, and he was not going to rest until he's number one. So here, with last-minute tax tips for all of us, whether we're working for a business or running a business, from the very top, I've got the Liberty Tax Chairman and CEO, President John Hewitt. It is. It's it's the greatest thing, greatest tax season in 26 years. It, and there's a big growth season for you guys, right? That's exactly right. Now, I'm going to get back to that, but I want to ask you a question. Uh, I'm going to go back to a Virginian quote a couple hundred years ago. Give me liberty or give me death. You remember who said that? Uh, Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry. Is that is that kind of now, is, is that a theme for you guys, maybe? You it, could, is, do, it is, it is. <laughs> especially since there's only two certainties in life, death and tax. It fits right in with that. <laughs> that fit, it does fit in, right. so it's a little bit of that thing. John, I want to go through your history. I, I covered a little bit of, in the beginning, but I really want you to take us through, because you've been in this industry for a long time. I'm not saying you're old, but you've been in this industry for a lot, and you've, you've worked at a couple of the other guys. One of them still got your name. And so talk, walk me through that, because I'd like, I'd like people to understand that. You know, it's been 46 years, and I'm going to take you through it in about three minutes. Okay, that's and good. I started in 1969. My dad wanted to buy a franchise for H&R Block. He was an accountant, and he called H&R Block and said, would, would, can we buy a franchise in Hamburg, New York, a suburb of Buffalo? I was going to the University of Buffalo. I grew up in Hamburg. They said, we're going to open a company store there. And and uh, why don't you have your son take our course? I took the course. It was the most interesting course I'd ever taken. I started working for a block. You, you like numbers? You must have liked numbers. Oh, I'm, I'm incredible with multiplication, division. Yes. That's, yeah, well, I, was in, I, I was in school to be a mathematician. Well, we've had dinner before, and you're, you're very much a, a very analytical kind of guy. I'm very much a driver, you know, outgoing, and you're, you're still outgoing. I mean, I get you that because you're very competitive, which is, well, I'm going to get into some of that too, which I think is kind of a little bit of a yang-yang going there. We have fun. And uh, so I started working for Block, and in my second year, my manager went in the hospital. They said, would you leave college and run these 10 stores? Talked to my parents. They liked it. I, uh, I started running 10 Block stores. And 10 years later, I was the youngest regional director managing 250 Block stores. Out of how many? Out of uh, three. Th- there, at the time, there were 9,000 Block stores. Was there really? And That's I was managing 250. Wow. And my dad interceded again. He said, let's computerize taxes. And, and I said, the dad, the, the computer can't even beat me at chess. How am I going to put all the, the tax system onto this little computer? He said, I'm going to do it. And he was the CFO of a public company, quit his job, and started programming. And I joined him. 
And we built the, in 1981, we built the first tax software ever for an Apple computer. On Apple? Right. What was that, like a SE2 or something like that? Um, SCSI 2? Know, it was a, it, I had don't remember, but like it that. certainly had a big clunky yeah. disk drive. <laughs> That's right. And there's been so many iterations since then that, yeah. that I don't remember what that one was called. Yeah. But uh, w- So we built the software. We didn't have a place to sell it. There weren't even 25,000 PCs in the country, Apple PCs. And so we found well, a company. Well, back then they were also using like IBM PC Juniors at the time. Sure, yeah. sure. Tandy and yeah. other, other computers. Radio Shack. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we found a company called Mel Jackson Tax Service mm-hmm. in Virginia. His his uh, uh, her, He had died, and his widow was running the company, and she was selling it. So I put a group of investors together. We bought Mel Jackson How Tax Service. How old were you then? I was 33 years old. Okay, still August, uh, yeah, very young. Well, thank you. Yeah. August 14th of 1982. And so for a while, I was running two companies, the computer software company and the, the, the Mel Jackson Tax Service. We eventually merged the two together. And changed the name to Jackson Hewitt. We took venture capital. We went public, and uh, then 15 years later, we had the chance to sell it for way more than it was worth. Yeah. We sold it for a, almost half a billion dollars, almost 500 million dollars. And I took my top four people with me at a three-year non-compete in the United States. United States. And you went. You went north, though. Right? We went to Canada, and I, I grew up in Buffalo, which is a stone throw from Canada. So I knew about the Canadian tax system, and and we quickly grew our Canadian company to be second in the in Canada. Did you literally just move across the border? We didn't move at all. You we stayed. Did, we you just stayed, commuted. We yeah. stayed in Virginia Beach, and then and then you com- you competed. You went across there and just set up the operation there. Exactly. Well, we bought an existing business mm-hmm. and then grew it to the second largest in the country. And came back to the United States in 2000. So you were still, you at that time, you were still living in, in Virginia Beach at the time. I've been in Virginia Beach since 1982. Yeah, so not far going back time. to Buffalo. I can not, yeah, you. is that right? Yeah, yeah. it would be a tough year to go back. Let me exactly, tell you. They've exactly. had a rough year. We were there for Thanksgiving, and there was they had just gotten seven feet of snow in I, about a day and a half. I was just there a month ago, going and getting my Nexus across the border, and there's still single lanes of traffic, you know, because the snow still piled so high. It's that it's my kind of place yeah. for one visit a year. <laughs> so but we love Buffalo. Yes. Yeah, so since since 2000, we've opened uh, 4,000 locations. Mm-hmm. We're the fastest growing tax service in in the country, and we're growing faster than the other two large players combined. Yeah, which is which is really big. What what? So what would you account? Because you, you sound you sound it's interesting. You sound kind of like you're in a change business, but yet when I think about accounting and I think about finances, I don't think of it as a change kind of business. I think of it as very staid, very you know, strict and so forth, which I think you have to have. You have to have the rigors of that. But you sound to me like you're one of those you know, early adopters, and you sound like somebody who likes to change things, mix it up. You know, I like to compete, and, and that's why I call my book I Compete, because yeah. that's that's what really drives me and as a human being. And, and in this industry, when I started uh, Jackson Hewitt and Mal, by buying Mal Jackson in 1982, H&R Block had 9,000 offices, and the second largest had just 200. So when we started and acquired those six offices, uh, it was a monumental task to consider uh, that our goal was to be number one and to be bigger than Block, and, and with our six offices and their 9,000. And so uh, that I've spent 33 years building two businesses that now have more offices than H&R Block combined. And I, I remember reading a quote that, you know, the biggest guy in this industry is Henry Block, and you're number two. But that's not where you want to end up, right? Yeah. I mean, the, is that what you – I think I read that you don't want to see that on your tombstone, right? That's exactly <laughs> right. The, uh, you Still know, not to, a bad thing. To be number two uh, in anything in the human in the history of the human race is pretty good. That's pretty good. But uh, do you want that on your tombstone? He was number two? Yeah. No, I have, to, I have to become number one or die trying. Yeah. 
exactly. So, so how do you? Well, let's talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit because we got a lot of business owners out there, a lot of business people, who obviously, because this is all business with Jeffrey Hazlett. And you're you're the guy with the tax advice. What are you seeing right now that's coming down? There's been some big changes in the tax law. Yeah, Obamacare is the the biggest change that's happened in uh, 26 years in this industry, and uh, it it affects about 30 percent of the of the population. And and for the first time, insurance is on a collision course with taxes. And so uh, we've we've actually changed our practices, and we're getting uh, many of our preparers. Over a thousand preparers are licensed to to sell Obamacare because it just impacts such a high percentage of our our customers, and many more have questions. Yeah, but you know, not a lot of people, when you look at the businesses, it's it's a very small percent of the population that's really signed up for that. So to me, even though we talk about it a lot, and you hear the Republicans and Democrats both, you know, bitching and moaning about it, it, it hasn't made a huge impact by any means. Well, the numbers, Jeffrey, that I think that uh, I've read most recently is about 12 million people have signed up. Yep. And uh, out of the, the 30 or 40 million people that need to sign up, the penalties uh, the first year are very small compared to what it's going to be in the future. The penalty is just $95 a person. That doubles and triples over the next couple of years. So as the penalties skyrocket. So kind of like an IRS uh, penalty. They really start getting big. Exactly. So uh, that will drive more people to to buy the insurance. Today, it's cheaper to pay the penalty than to buy the insurance. In two years, it'll be cheaper to, to buy the insurance than but pay the penalty. isn't it just better for a business to actually cover their employees? It is. Yeah. It, 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 it normally is. It, uh, if you ask the business person, he might not say that. But, well, I, but I'm a business ask, guy. Right. I've always covered. That's one of the things that always differentiates me as a business owner is having that kind of a benefit. I want to take care of the people that are working with me. I think you're only going to attract the best people if you have the best benefits. Yeah, that's true. Well, so outside of Obamacare, you know, I, we're seeing a real trend, I, I hear, that people are, are waiting a lot longer to file. That's happening. And, and that that happens each time the economy is really strong because the people that file early are driven to file early by a need for their refund because they need it right so when there's a recession or when times are bad and people are laid off they a lot more people file early in in january and in early february when times are good mm-hmm. and they're working one or two or three jobs and and their income is higher and they're fully employed then people put it off. I mean, you're American. You know that we're required to procrastinate. Right. It's almost a law. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I've ever. I've always filed, but usually I've asked for extensions because it just never get it done in time, right? Every year I file mine religiously on October 15th. Yes. <laughs> so so a little bit later, right? After okay. you figure it out. The last right? the last day that you can file with an extension. Is yeah, but October you're writing 15th. your checks in December, or December 29th, 30th, 31st, right? To go to to take advantage of the things you got to take advantage of. That, that's sure. exactly right. If you don't pay now, if you don't pay by April fifteenth, the extension is invalid. Do you see? Do you see a lot of? Oh, that's that's right. Yeah, you, you really don't get the advantage of that, even though you you need to take the time. Do you see a lot of folks taking the preparation they need to have? I mean, they really aren't spending the time doing it, are they? No, most people have someone else do their tax return for mm-hmm. them, and most people don't know what's deductible. So one of the things that many people miss out on is they don't find a preparer that fully digs for the deductions that they're entitled to. And, and that's that's a critical component in, in uh, doing it, your tax return, is making sure that you're you're taking advantage of all the tax breaks that, that apply to you. How much money is left on the table by individuals and businesses? 
you know, it's anyone's guess, but it's certainly many tens of billions of dollars. It's in the billions, yeah. I I mean, I've seen a lot of the numbers lately. It's really in the billions. So, you know, um, what are the problems that come with a business or an individual filing so late? Well, one thing you have to be careful of is, uh, and this happens to millions of Americans every year, is they come up to April and they find out that for some reason their tax situation has changed. They collected unemployment and there was no withholding, or they have they got some type of a payment from an IRA, or they took they have or a tax or you know or stock gain. a stock right, yeah capital so, gain yeah. right, and they owe money, and they don't have the money to pay. Surprise and. It's the biggest penalty is not is not filing, it's not not paying. Yeah. So it's a five percent penalty per month for not filing. Yeah. So if even if you owe money and you can't pay it, you should file your you return. Should still file. It. They'll send you a bill. It'll save you five percent a month of your tax. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you owe if you owe two thousand dollars, that's that's a hundred dollars a month for the first five months just in filing late. The penalty for for late paying is only half a percent per month. So it's 10 times higher to not file. No, it's huge. I mean, they really hit you. I mean, and you know, look, I've, you know, I've been in situations where it's been really tough to pay the bills, but I always tell every business owner I know, whatever you do, pay the taxes. Because a lot of businesses get in trouble. They use that money, don't they? They, they dip into that little fund because they see it out there. And, you know, Fran Tarkenton, I don't know if you remember Fran Tarkenton. Of course. You know, he's a great entrepreneur. And Fran Tarkenton once said, if you haven't lied awake at night wondering whether you're going to make payroll the next day, you haven't lived. And I think a lot of businesses are like that. Do you see a lot of businesses dipping into that? Unfortunately, too many do. Yeah. It's, it's too easy to pay the IRS last. And that, that has definitely gotten many, many people in trouble. But they crush you. Oh, I mean, they, they, if you don't pay, and look, and, I, and I, I'll, I'll admit, I've done that. And I did it early when I was very young because I started businesses when I was in my early 20s. And I made that mistake. And they crush you. I mean, it's not even like a slap on the hand. They crush you. Yeah, the payroll taxes are the, the worst case that, that they're, gonna, they're going to uh, – You there's no way to avoid it. No bankruptcy, uh-huh. no, nothing you can well, do. Oh, they'll come avoid. after you. They'll yeah. take your house, your car, your bank account. They'll take everything. And they'll be first in line. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a tough penalty. What, what Now, I've been hearing a lot, John, and I think this is something I read from, from Liberty. Yeah, I look a lot on the, on the background that you guys have been doing and talking. You guys do some great job on education. But there's a lot of fraud going on with with also filing late. Is that right? Well, what th- there's more and more identity fraud. Yeah, and and identity fraud isn't into the millions of people yet, but but it's growing exponentially. It's the fastest growing type of fraud. Oh, I bet you it is in the millions. Whether it's in, whether they hack your account or whether they hack your finances, right. it, maybe in the finances it's not quite there yet. But you're right, Jeffrey. I, I misspoke. Yeah. In tax preparation, it's yeah. not in the millions. I, I, it's I, in I, the yeah. hundreds of thousands. Okay. In uh, it's definitely in the many. Tens of millions, if you count credit cards, right. and bank accounts, things, and things like that, things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. So, what what happens to someone? Are they are they they don't hack my account, but do they get my tax return and like file with me, or what is that? Is that how they're doing it, or what? What they do is, if they have your social security number and your name and your information to file your tax return, they file a fake tax return, and they get a exceptional large refund, and they have it sent to their bank account, and so they get your refund. And it's it's an unusually large refund that you're not entitled to, and they get it. So when you go to file, uh, the IRS rejects your returns because it's it looks like it's already been filed, wow. and it, that causes a lot of problems. It's huge. That's that's big numbers. So, 
What is the IRS uh, doing to combat the increased fraud? You know, we met with, uh, for the first time ever in, in, in the history of this, of this industry, uh, the, uh, uh, the H&R Block CEO, the Intuit CEO, TurboTax, and myself met, and others in the industry met with the IRS commissioner. They br- brought and you all in together? They brought us all in. That's like, a, that's like the G Summit right there. Right, it is. That's a, it must be the T Summit, the tax summit. Was it, it, is that what it was called? It's, uh, or was it just, hey, guys, come over for lunch? It was a fraud summit. and, and Did you have to pay your own way? I bet you did. Of course. Oh, of course, of course yeah. It's, this uh, is it's the like, IRS. It's no free ride right, with right. the IRS. Huh? So we got together to talk. They, they didn't give you like a pen or something? I mean, something, N- maybe? Nothing. nothing. Not, not, this, even this pa- not even a flipping p- pad of paper, man. There was some bottles. Well, it actually over makes the me corner, feel good. Over in the corner, there was a few bottles of water. <laughs> yeah, well, that, they, that was left over from the last conference, I bet. I, I suspect. <laughs> So, the, so they brought you all together, which is, I, I, you know, you said this is the first time. Maybe you've been in this industry for, as you said, 40 years. And this is the first, kind of the first time they brought the big guys in. Exactly. And it's an unprecedented level of cooperation. Were and the account, big accounting firms part of it, too, or just the, the, most no, of the tax guys? No, it was, it was tax and banks and, and the electronic filing part of the, t- mm-hmm. which is 80% of the So the guys out in the front, in the front right. industry, the front lines. Exactly. That's, that's who you got. I mean, because the, the big t- tax accounting firm, they're big. They're, I almost say they're big guys. You're a big guy. I mean, you you're not physically but you're a big guy in terms of numbers i mean you're you're number one so right. you more than the other guys so that's pretty big but i'm talking about in terms of just for our listeners the the guys that represent the billion dollar corporations you know right what what it represented the people in the room represented over 80 percent of the tax returns filed in this country so if you think about the accounting firms, they yeah, they deal with the rich, and right. so they don't the one percent. They don't right the, ha- the half of one percent. Right. Exactly, probably. exactly. Yeah. So it represented America, the mm-hmm. the the uh, the, co- the common the backfile. Right, exactly. So it was a summit to dis- to find out ways we can work together to stop fraud in uh, stop this identity, especially the identity fraud yeah, that's yeah, that's tough. that's skyrocketing. So was there was there kind of like a manifesto published from it uh, in terms actually, of here's some things? Actually, there's three working groups going forward mm-hmm. to work to uh, together to to solve the problem because each of us, whether it's Block or Liberty or or the IRS, each of us are are have fraud built into our computer systems that we're checking, but all of us are doing it differently. Right, and so. Uh, we can get together and do it better. Some common standards, which it, which makes sense. Exactly, and so that's the number one thing that came out of it is yeah. let's set some best practices up for the industry, and that under the umbrella of the IRS that they're watching this, and that we can all agree are are uh, so we can have a fair system. Was that was it a fun summit? I mean, I mean, I, I can imagine what this is like sitting around watching all you guys. You know, it's, uh, it's not, not the kind of summit I'm going to show up for, John. I'm telling yeah, you that right now. I, you know, the IRS commissioner actually has a great sense of humor. Really? And, and uh, uh, he was rather witty, and uh, I enjoyed being in the room with all the top guys in the Oh, industry. I'm sure. Hey, was, that's kind of – it's not often you guys get together, is it? Right. It's, it's the only second time I met the CEO of uh, Block and the mm-hmm. CEO of Intuit. And yeah. uh, we met with the Except Secretary the last time you were one, with one of them, he gave you a check, so yeah. that's not a bad deal. It's a pretty right. good deal. Right. The uh, last time we met uh, last month with, or in January rather, with the Secretary of the Treasury. So it's been an interesting year and of cooperation, and I think it's being driven partly by the extensive cut in budget of the IRS. They just don't have the resources. They need the help, right? They need they need the help of industry. You're you're not such bad guys. You're actually good guys. You're helping them, right? You, you know, and that's what they said. And mm-hmm. and afterwards, we had a press conference, a joint. Ca- 
press conference with a dozen reporters, and one of the questions was, "Isn't it? Aren't the, the interests different of the taxpayer and the in the IRS because the taxpayer gets paid if it, even if it's fraud, the taxpayer preparer gets paid, so they they don't care." Yeah, and, but you and, want a good guy. You right, want him coming right, back. <laughs> exactly. And the commissioner said that. He said, he said, we don't, we haven't seen that with the, this level and and with with this group. These these are uh, represent honest. Uh, well, you're businesses. probably the ones that are uncovering it for them. Exactly. Because exactly. you're you're the ones that hey whoa 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 did you notice somebody? I bet you're making those calls quite uh, too frequently actually, and that's not a good thing because then the guy doesn't want to pay you. Quite exactly. frankly, right? Exactly. And and it brought up the topic that that. Yeah, that we really support the IRS in is that's certifying all preparers, and the Congress five years ago passed. Are your are your guys all yes, certified? Yes. Uh, is there, there, yeah. there's seriously no kind of thing that says that you have to be prepared. You need a license to be a barber. You need a license to do nails. Uh, you no, need a license they, to be a, a now mutation. Now that I'm thinking about it, but there's guys down the street right. that you bring you know, bring the receipts to, and the guy just does it every so often, right? Exactly. And so that's a lot of the problem in this Whoa. in this country is yeah. that you don't need to be certified. And so the uh, the IRS is trying to get Congress to pass a law that will require them to certify preparers, and we fully support that. No, you, and you want that at a national level as opposed to a state level, but imagine knocking that out state by state. I'm a former lobby. Right. I used to lobby for a lot of standards sure. like that. Yeah, That's, there's four states that actually have I'm sure they do. One, yeah. But uh, we need a got to na- be like California, national. Florida, let me guess, maybe New York. California, New York, Maryland, and Oregon. Oh, oh, right. well, Oregon, they right. always do stuff, right. crazy stuff. Yeah, Oregon right. is the toughest. Actually. Yeah, they always are. Right. They, they, they do a... You know, they watch out for their people. They do. Yeah, which is cool. I, I, so I want to get more into this, uh, but I also want to I, I, I want to have you give me advice, but I also I'm so interested by your business, too, because, I mean, you've you've built a really successful franchise um, of how many now? We have over 4,000 4, offices and 2,000 franchisees who have so a couple multi- offices multiple fran- right. multiple mm-hmm. franchises, yep. which is really good. So that says something that they're mm-hmm. investing back in. Can 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 I be a non-CPA and be a owner of a franchise? Actually, it's an advantage. Most of our franchisees are non-accountants because uh, this isn't about working in your business. This is about working on your business. I actually saw a quote that you said said that the best guy is a farmer. No, actually, the, the best the best Which I was the best occupation is that we've ever brought in our insurance agents. Why is that? It is because uh, one of the things oh, this they're is this taking is, care of their finances, their future, and stuff. This is a marketing business, yeah. And uh, most of our most of our franchisees are preparers, have been preparers, mm-hmm. and and they're just the typical accounting kind of person that just likes sitting at a computer and doing taxes. Mm-hmm. And this is about getting out in the community and getting people to your door and then doing a great job for them. So uh, insurance agents have a lot of uh, uh, time. They've spent a lot of time doing that, good insurance agents. They've uh, cold calling and uh, asking for referrals. Uh, it's not typical. It's not in the typical pers- persona of a tax preparer to even ask for, for referrals. Well, let me talk about referrals. You, you, you know, when you're doing taxes, you want to be alert and wide awake when you're going through your taxes. So taxpayers, tax preparers, they all run on Duncan. And businesses run on Duncan. American runs on Duncan. These guys are great sponsors, and they sell an average of 30 cups of coffee a second. I personally drink their espresso, and I just found out that Dunkin' Donuts was the first national brand to sell fair trade certified exclusive espresso beverages. Do you, you drink coffee, John? You know, every morning at my office, and I have 600 employees, two of them 
twice a, twice each morning, I'm delivered a, a large black Dunkin' Donut coffee. Now, and, are you someone sucking up and buying that for no, you? No. Are, 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 you, are you putting out the cash? For I'm that? putting out the cash. Well, and, that's good. And on Saturdays and Sundays, when there's when those people aren't those people aren't working, yeah, I go 15 minutes out of my way in the morning to Dunkin' Donuts twice. Once in first thing before I come in, and then an hour later I'll go out and get my second now, cup. I want people to hear that because you just said something that a lot of people don't pick up. Now I get it because I'm like you. You said Saturday and Sunday, right? So you're in the office too. I'm three sixty five. Uh, you know I am as well. I'm the same way. My my wife doesn't always like it, but she she's learned to live with it. And because I just enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. And is that the case for you? Exactly. It's it's not like a job to me. I mean, it's fun I, coming in. Isn't it, it is. I enjoy just even on on Christmas being the only guy in the office. It's, <laughs> now that's it's a, a little bit, now, a, John. That's a well. I did see a bunch of different quotes. As I recall, I, I read something that you get way back in your history when you were like four or five you, for Christmas. You were given a sled and you went next door and, and sold it for like ten bucks. Is that is that a fact or is that just like a a, a liberty tax myth? Oh, it's, a legend. Oh, it's way worse than that. Is it <laughs> right? Back in 1953, when I was four, the uh, the sleds cost four bucks. Yeah. So I received a sled for Christmas. Yeah. Before noon, I had sold it to my next door neighbor for ten cents. Ten- Ten, ten, ten cents? cents. Ten cents. Right. Well, John, I guess, unless you needed a big deduction, that's not a good right. deal, right? I w- was not my best business venture ever. <laughs> it was simply my first business venture. Did you venture. get your butt spanked? Seriously. Not, not at all. They laughed and laughed. And Are they, you kidding me? Not, if I'd have done that, man, oh, I would have paid <laughs> paid the price. Paid the price. So let me, let's get back to, you talk about losing money. Let me ask you about tax returns, because I keep hearing... That I read this about rush tax returns. Is that costing people money? The um, I'm I'm not familiar with the term well, rush tax. Well, return. it means I that I, I wait to the very last minute. Okay. I'm waiting to the last minute. I'm like uh, this is like the deadline. You know, folks are hearing this a you know week or two before the deadline, or maybe the night of, or or maybe afterwards. But they rush to get it done. And in yeah, fact, it, I believe the most car accidents, I believe, in, in, in the United States occur during tax day, by the way. Actually, it's ac- the most accidents in this country occur on exactly April 15th. Yeah. And because people are, go- are stressed rushing. out, they're yeah. stressed out, yeah. they're rushing, and they're getting to the post office before midnight. Yeah. And most of those occur between 9 p.m. and midnight. Is that? So, yes. And, and it ain't because they're drinking. Right now they might be well, after I might I might pop top you know, I might have a couple of limoncellos or something before I think I, they drink all year long so I'm yeah. not sure that it's because <laughs> is that deductible uh, of course not yeah oh, man but, come on but, maybe you could talk to the tax commissioner about that but, but, so, when, but, when they're, times but they're not de- what they're not deducting or what is that was that the problem or itemizing or no what what happens is 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 people feel like procrastinating. I mean, you learn every step in your school, in school, in in sports, in in parties and meetings. You learn that you're required to procrastinate, and so as a society, we're good at procrastinating. So we wait till the last minute. So all of the preparers know that and charge more at the last minute. Yeah, sure. So if you look at even TurboTax or or us or Block, our fees are higher when there's well, a bigger even, demand. Well, as a business, I don't even like to put my tax year the same as the calendar year. I, I've always started like April 1st because, well, one, I like April Fool's Day because I was always like a pun on business, but but more so because of the tax reason. I just don't want to have that problem. Exactly. And we offer we offer people a discount for coming in earlier. Yeah. If, if you come in before April 7th, you get a discount, but the discounts go away on April 8th. Oh, so you really that, but that, but still, April seventh is like to me like after the game's over with. Exactly, but 
Um, we'll we'll do twenty uh, percent of our business between April eighth and April fifteenth for the entire year. So one fifth of our of our business be done in the last seven days and one hundred five days taxes. It's like the Super Bowl for you, right? It's it's like year, March Madness. It's, <laughs> it's April. It's mega peak. Yeah, is that what you guys call it? Well, especially this year because the so far the IRS has received less tax returns at the same time as they did the, last year, and there's going to be about three million more people filing this year as compared to last year. So there's going to be three more million people filing in the last three weeks of the season. Is that because, the? I mean, is that much job growth going on? It's job growth. It's the biggest the, the biggest uh, job growth in the 21st century. Or is that the century. illegal aliens that have been made uh, legal? I don't know. It's up. it's mostly the job growth and ACA. Yeah. It's a little bit. So I, I, it's got, you got to include some of that in there, which is interesting. Hey, we got a fan question. I always reach out to fans and ask them. This is from Jay Robinson from Green, uh, Green Clean Pros. He asked this question. What is the most effective way to raise your pay index score? You know what that is? You know, I've never heard of a pay index I, score. I got to tell you, I Googled it. couldn't find it. So, Jay, we have no freaking clue what your question is, but I wanted to ask it anyway. But what, what, what's, the, <laughs> what's the best tip that you would give – a guy like Jay that owns his own business. You know, uh, you need to find out what's what's deductible. Uh, owning your own business is the number one best tax shelter in this country. It is good. It's not bad. Right, I, I right. mean, seriously, isn't. I mean, but I mean, there's things you can't do. Everybody thinks I, it's I, like a, a boondoggle with that. And it, it's you've got to be legitimate. Oh, for sure. There, uh, there's, there's. I mean, I there's just tried limoncello, in, right. and you said no. Right? <laughs> there's, there's certainly errors in in tax preparation and and in self employment, but it's it's the best way to get the to pay the lowest tax is to be self employed. It's the best way to get wealthy because you're in most businesses you're building equity. Yeah, well, and you're not cheating taxes. You're you're paying your fair. I want to pay my fair share, and I, you know, I happen to be lucky enough to be one of those fat cats that people talk about sometimes, but. But I, I'm paying my fair share. I'm paying more than my fair share is the way I look at it. But I don't mind paying because I am making money. And that's a, that's a pretty critical importance. You know, that's one of the things people don't think about. The people that pay is they pay because they make a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's the nice side of the coin is it's, it's uh, would you rather make a million dollars and pay 200000 or make 20000 and pay nothing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you are rewarded, and therefore you pay part of it. Nothing, no, wrong. I, I Nothing think, wrong with that. I, I think we have a great country, and uh, even though even though we pay too much because of the some of the inefficiencies of the government, I think we need to to do something to pay for our country. Yeah. And, well, you in got, our lives. Right? Well, you got the name. You got the right. How'd you come up with Liberty Tax? You know, I got. It's one of the the lucky. You know, they say it's lucky to be. It's better to be lucky than smart. Yeah, and I was. No, I think you're both. Well, thank you. I was driving down West Sahara Boulevard, and we had thought of a hundred different names, and and we were trying to think of, and we couldn't think of any name that really made sense. I mean, if you were going to call a, a, a name a company, would you call it Merrill Lynch or yeah. H and R Block or Kellogg's or Campbell's? I mean, where do these names come from? Right. What difference does it make? Right. right? And so we finally said, what difference does it make? And then I was driving down West Sierra Boulevard, and there's this Statue of Liberty. Where's West Sierra Boulevard? In, I'm sorry, in Las Vegas. Okay, in Las all Vegas. right. I just want and, to be clear. Right. I was I was helping one of my franchisees uh, of of Jackson Hewitt after we had left. He had asked me to come and do some, give him some marketing. A friend, he's, because yeah. these guys become friends. I'm, exactly. I'm sure exactly. the guy's a friend if he called that favor, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, but you got 450 million bucks. It's not like you have to show up and work. 
Right. But I, I get that you like to, but it was a friend, and which I think is interesting because a lot of guys, I know a lot of franchisors. I know a lot of franchisees. I've, been, I've owned franchise business. And we, I find out they're friends. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good friendships that way. Yeah, my my whole life is, everyone in my life is either an employee, including my mom and my my siblings and my children. are They're either an employee, a stockholder, or a, a, a franchisee. Mm-hmm. So every that's why 365 Liberty. So you, you, you're driving down the yeah, road right. in Vegas, of all places, and you see right. this, the New York, New York Statue of Liberty? Actually, it wasn't. It was on West Central Boulevard. There's a, little, there's a little shopping center. Think of it as about six 7-Elevens in a row. And it's called it's called Liberty Shopping Center, and there's about a 30 foot Statue of Liberty there. Get out! I didn't and, know that. And I said it's still there. Yeah. And, and we have an office in that shopping center now. Well, you should. Right. And did you have to pay them royalty for that? No. Oh. And it's like I a said, light bulb. I said to myself, "Wow, everyone within 10 miles must know where this is." Yeah. They've come and had taken pictures with their children, and I said, "And I don't remember a Liberty Tax Service." So I called my attorney and said. Check and see if anyone has a trademark of Liberty Tax Service. No one had, so we immediately filed for Liberty Tax Service. And that was it? That was it. So, and then who came up with the idea? Because I, I see, and before I knew you, before I knew much about Liberty, I remember seeing these Statues of Liberty out in on, on my hometown of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Minnesota Avenue, waving the sign, and I'm thinking, who came up with that idea? Yeah, even when it's zero degrees, we're out there waving. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my um, we read a book, uh, my marketing director, who was one of the people, Martha O'Gorman and I, she came with me. I know from, Martha, yeah, she's a good gal. Right. She came with me from Jackson Hewitt, and we read a book uh, called The 22 Immutable Laws. By the um, way, she she's how I found you. Right, okay. Yeah, so you yeah. better, you better, you know. So she's doing a good Send her a cup of coffee. Exactly. Uh, Well, she's one of the ones that gets delivered a cup of coffee each day, too. Oh, is that right? Two cups, too. Who's Is she buying that, or are you buying that one? Uh, I'm buying. Yeah, all right. As it should be, Jack. (laughs) So we read a book, and it said- Rise and Trout. Right. Immutable Laws of Marketing. I I can't remember the name, but yeah. 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. It said that the best trademark ever that was an object was that little green Coke bottle. You could yeah. see it 100 feet away, and you think to yourself, Coke. Yeah. So that was when we were at Jackson Hewitt, and we said, what what looks like a Jackson Hewitt? And we couldn't think of anything. So, Well, no we'll offense, soon... I, you're not putting your picture up there. Exactly, right? exactly. Right. We're not scaring people. Yeah. Right. That's why That's <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a face for radio. Yeah, uh, well, and, 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 right. and that's why you're here. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm doing this exactly. show, you know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so uh, we couldn't think of anything that looked like a Jackson Hewitt. Right. So... We, but when we had Liberty, it was so easy. that And the, we didn't invent costume characters. Yeah. I mean, think of Ronald McDonald. And yeah. the, there's a Burger King. Well, it's better than and a grill a out front. Right. I exactly. mean, you see those every so often, exactly. right? Yeah. And, you, and Chick-fil-A has a cow. That, which is right. cool. They, right. You know, you got to give them credit for that. Exactly. That's so exactly. flippin' smart. Exactly. But, yeah. it, but it doesn't ring true like a Statue of Liberty costume. Yeah. Right? That says it. Well, you know what? And I got to tell you, the, the just the images from... Uh, a business tax preparation, the government paying your paying your fair share, taking care of things, and at the same time having that liberty, patriot. I, I, you know, I, it's it's pretty flipping smart. So, but it's it, you know what we find ourselves lucky like that in life, don't we, John? Again, I mean, I, we again we said getting back to that. I think in in you know I wrote about this in my book that that I learned about twenty five years ago that the more I give, the more I receive. Yeah. So I learned I can't I can't get out give my receiving. So every time I give something, I get more back. So uh, that's exactly right. If you give and give and give, you get more back and you get re- rewarded. Yeah. Let me ask one uh, another question in relationship to the money. Uh, why is it that that 
so many small business owners overlook so many deductibles and overlook so many things. They, is it just because they don't keep track of stuff? Is that this? Is that just like a human nature kind of thing? You know, I think one of the most uh, difficult, uh, most small business owners are not good at, at accounting and are not good at cash flow. And so they just don't keep track of things. Yeah. You know, one of my franchisees uh, just invented a, a great idea, I thought. And, you know, w- one of the biggest deductions that people don't take advantage of is is uh, mileage on their automobile. Yeah, it's amazing. Right. Nobody keeps I, – although I saw a great app the other day for it. I right. don't even know the name of it, but right. I saw it. And it was like, oh, man, this is smart. Everyone should have it on their phone Yeah. now, right? Yeah. Because the, it's um, – Do you have some the, of those tools? Yes, exactly. Okay. We're we're inventing them every day as, as as quick as we can think of them. Yeah, but that saves people money because people just won't write it down. Well, like the biggest one every year, the IRA, your IRA, you should do an IRA. That's it's a, a it's a, it's like a no brainer, right? Remember, I said earlier the number one tax advantage is to own your own business. Number two is a self or is an, is a retirement plan like an IRA or or a four hundred one k. Let me. All right, rapid fire, John. Okay, ready. this is a you. You have to take the quiz, and this is the quiz. So I, my staff dug up. So I mean, some wallop losers. I mean, I'm not going to keep track of this because, man, I had no clue. But these are all tax related questions, and I hope you know these. And if you don't, well, we're going to give the answers anyway because I just think it's fun. Who said? Who said the hardest thing to understand in the world is the income tax? Uh, Einstein. Correct, ding! If we had a bell, it'd go off right now. That was that was pretty good. All right. Oh, now I hope they get tougher. Then, who? who what is the difference between a taxidermist and a tax collector? This is from Mark Twain. Uh, one stuffs animals and one stuffs people. That's well. It's close. The taxidermist takes only your skin. Okay. That, I thought that was pretty good. All right. Who who said the income tax has made liars out of more Americans than golf? Will Rogers. At Will Rogers. Ding, ding, ding. All right, two for three, man. This is like, this could be a record right here. I hope we're getting this on, we're, I, we're, we filmed some of this. I hope we're getting this on film right now. Who said, I like to pay taxes. With them, I buy civilization. That's that's a deep thinking question. Nope, nope, time's up. Okay. Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. said that. Okay. I like this one because of, because of the Liberty statue. I mean, we had to do this one. What president accepted the Statue of Liberty on behalf of the United States back in 1886? Garfield. That's right. No, no, not Garfield, but close. It had a G, Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland. I, we, we, maybe we do a fact check on that one. We, maybe he's gonna. He, he might call us on that. I don't know. And then, uh, how about? Oh, wow. What is what is written on the tablet held at Liberty's left hand? E pluribus unum. Oh, very close. It's the date of the American uh, independence in Roman numerals. I, I, that's pretty cool. I think that's good. Uh, we already covered this. I had another one that was going to be what was the most fatal uh, day for traffic accidents, and we kind of we kind of covered that. We came, April fifteenth hey, after nine p.m. That's that's unbelievable. Now here here's here's one. Uh, you like music? Sure. Okay. Here's here's one. What band had a hit song? With a song about taxes. I was called that in college. The Tax Man by the Beatles. Gosh, that's awesome. I'm like, John, I'm impressed. Because you had we had, you had no prior knowledge of these None. questions whatsoever. None. That's, it's very, very impressive. I knew you were a smart guy. And you're a lucky guy. No doubt about that. We're all lucky, but a smart guy. Hey, 
this is your opportunity. I always give everybody a, a chance for a shameless plug. What would be your shameless plug? You can talk about anything you want. You know, I think that uh, if uh, someone is, is serious about being self-employed, they have to make several several key decisions. They have to decide, do I want to be self-employed? Can I, can I do it? Because two-thirds of us think we can, yeah. but only a quarter it's of us tough. can. Only yeah. a quarter of us can make right. it. We, we we can't. We don't have the cash flow or the or the the wherewithal of. It's it's too much pressure. We're not willing to work three sixty five. Right. Exactly. So, I think that uh, we're looking for great entrepreneurs at Liberty Tax, and we're looking for, for people that that uh, want to be self employed. But to do that, you have to first decide. I want to be self employed. Number two is what industry do I want to be in, and number three is. Okay, if I'm going to be in the tax industry, do I go with Block or do I do it myself or to go with Liberty? And so uh, we want to walk through people through that process and and help people. I'm here to change people's lives. I bring in uh, about 300 new franchisees a year at Liberty, and you know I I tell them I say Jeffrey, you know if you're the I already have 2,000 franchises. If you're the 2,001st franchise, am I? Are you going to change my life? Yeah. No, yeah. but I'm going to change your life. And right. and I've made. I made it. I'm now getting close to a thousand millionaires. So I brought in over five thousand people in my career. So uh, that's we, fabulous. That's like the American dream all over, right there. Exactly. I mean, how many yeah. people have put personally directed and guided and mentored five thousand groups? Because it's not just one person; it's a husband and millionaires and, wife or, or and guys partners. to become millionaires and created guys and gals. Right. I say that right. I, when I say guys, I'm talking about women too, because right. I know there's lots of women franchise out, owners out there and a lot of women right. running these things. So we're looking for some great partners at Liberty Tax. We have four thousand offices. We're on our way to ten thousand. What's it cost to get in? The total startup costs about seventy thousand dollars, which is really inexpensive. Because I bought franchises before, and I paid up a half a million or or even a lot more for different franchises, and that's a, a great way. I always tell people, by the way, too, if you if you haven't been in business for yourself, or even if you have been in business but don't have the you know the the real experience you should look at a franchise because that's really a, a it's a tried and true method follow the follow the formula right that's really what they have to do you because you've got training and everything else right that's exactly right it's yeah. uh, follow the yellow brick road cookie cutter system it's a menu uh, a, a recipe for success and and any great franchisor it's going to give you a proven system when you build the business you have to have a system and and it takes so many years just to build the system that you're way ahead when you start with a franchise in our industries not just the low cost in dollars the low cost in time we we have most of our income three quarters of our income comes in just four weeks people think of it as three mm-hmm. and a half months from january 1st to april 15th but it's really four no you said as weeks. you said there would the july or april 7th through the end I mean, right. man that's the yep. that's the sprint i bet you guys are drinking a lot of dunkin coffee right then <laughs> staying awake we're looking forward to it it's yeah. as i said it's mega peak and uh, my my new year is uh, april 15th not january not yeah. december 31st let me I, you know what i i want to take a moment because there's another thing you've done that you know we think about money and we think about you know you, we just talked about 5000 you know millionaires you've helped to create but you've also done a lot of things with philanthropy you've started a couple of nonprofits too around it's, feeding people what why why is that john you know when i started to get wealthy back uh, 25 years 25 26 27 years ago i felt uh, i began to feel called to uh, help in world hunger mm-hmm. and i and i think there's a lot of great charities there's cancer and heart and cystic fibrosis and but i just feel called to help in world hunger and, and you started two of these groups i did though. i did and, and we started the, in january of 98 when we started liberty i started uh stop hunger now mm-hmm. the, its mission statement is its name and uh, we've already helped people a hundred hundreds of million people in over 70 countries 
And most recently, I said I founded another organization that has a whole different approach because mm-hmm. over over the last seventeen or eighteen years, the number of people that are starving each year is is dropping. Not not drastically, but it's dropping by ten percent or fifteen percent a year, which is good. But it's still still hundreds of thousands of people are dying a day. Well, and, and and throwing food at it is, it hasn't worked as a policy. We way exactly. back from when Food for Peace was formed by George McGovern and, and President Kennedy. Exactly. Uh, you know, throwing food doesn't solve. You got to teach them to grow it. Exactly. And so we've come out a new. So I have a new approach with a new organization. It's called Run for Food, and we're going to go one country at a time. So we picked Nicaragua, and we're going to solve hunger in Nicaragua. And then we're going to find another country and solve the problem there. So then, pinpoint it, really get yeah, drill, drill yeah. down, deep dive on it. So Exactly, it's right. one country at it's a time. It's kind of like changing, the, like in the business. You find out, you, hey, you got to do all this stuff, but now I'm going to get really good at, and continuous improvement on just this one thing, right? Focus. It's Focus. the same kind Focus of thing. Focus is the key to success in, in business or athletics, almost anything. That's uh, always the case for successful businesses. John, it's been a pleasure. I wish you the best. Thank you for stopping by talking about Liberty Tax. And thanks for giving all of the great tips that you've got and your business has for people who are in business for themselves or working for a business, which covers everybody. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Good luck. Jeffrey, it's been my pleasure. All right. Cheers. That's it. Thank you. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, with everything, I always like to talk about what I learned. I enjoyed my time with John. Now, John's a tough guy to talk to for a guy that's extroverted like me because he's very much an introvert. But you listen to him, you find out hard work pays. And it pays off time and time again. Because here's a guy that went on and started in one business, went to another business when they told him he couldn't change. In fact, you know, back in H&R Block said they'll never computerize. So he said, I'm taking it. And he went off and bought another business, grew it into one of the largest, then sold it, and then started it again and is doing it over and over and over. And that doesn't happen by just luck. It happens by hard work. That guy's working seven days a week, 365 days a year. You don't have to all do it like that, but it's hard because it's hard. Thanks. This has been Jeffrey Hazlett, All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on Play.it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.